Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. our podcast we can't be the only ones sure ain't i'm gail and i'm b i won't i won't sing for you guys this week did you sing last week no it was a few weeks ago i was figuring out how long i could hold before you sing again no i was figuring out how long i could hold the no oh you can hold it in one breath so you guys know yeah, you can. That's a given. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, just never mind. <laughs> Something to do with my bingo women. <laughs> Breath holding. Okay. <laughs> oh, but never mind. Woo. Well, what a wonderful week. It's been a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weekend. It's a week. And here we are. So, because it is the beginning of the show, and it's uh, Berlin's moment of gratitude. It is. It is. Um, it's been, like I said, a week um, of some highs and some lows. So, I am actually grateful for to be able to be alive and experience the lows. And that might seem like a counterintuitive thing to be grateful to experience the lows, but it just shifts things in perspective for me because I just feel like for me that there, when I am feeling as if I am in my lows, that for me is an opportunity to cultivate some of the skills that I've been like building mm-hmm. and then actually get to a greater high. So I am quite, quite grateful that things don't always turn out the way that you think that they will. And sometimes you're sad and sometimes it hurts, but that's not all there is to life. And I, luckily have the ability to kind of switch gears in a way through like forgiveness and practicing loving kindness and extending peace towards other that it doesn't just keep me in my rut and so it you know that's where I kind of sharpen the tools as it occurs so I am grateful to experience you know always the highs sometimes in the middle but also the lows as they occur well, it's like light and darkness. If you didn't have darkness, you wouldn't know what light was. Pretty much. If you didn't have light, you wouldn't know what darkness was. So it's a balance. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah, and what it's are you very grateful for? 
And I am grateful that I have learned and been able to acknowledge and forgive others. Cool. And I think it is something you really do have to learn. You know, how to forgive others. And then you learn how to forgive yourself. Uh, I think for me, it's a little bit backwards, but it starts with me and then extending outwards. Because for, well, for me, it's, it's, it's been the ability, I've always felt like I have, I was able to forgive others, but I've learned in the past week or so that I may have been acknowledging and ignoring, but not truly forgiving. Uh-huh. And that is also for, and also for myself. <clears throat> I think I just, for instead of it even acknowledging it, I just put it away. And like, oh, it's going to, it's okay. Uh-huh. You say it's okay, but it really isn't okay because you really haven't forgiven them and you really haven't forgiven yourself. Uh-huh. And until you can do both of those things, life truly isn't as whole as you think it is. No. So I'm very grateful for the attitude and the true heartfelt ability to forgive others and to forgive myself. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. Like this week I have been, um, you know, really practicing that whenever I think of the situation or a situation that may have hurt me. I extend forgiveness towards that person, like immediately, um, and just continue to do so, so that it is almost second nature to be able to forgive. So that has actually helped me a lot in regards to a situation that I am currently going through. Is so like whenever I think of yo, that was a messed up thing for this person to do, is to extend forgiveness immediately towards them. And I do feel much better as I do it. Yeah, And not necessarily for them, but just for me, because you don't want to build that resentment. You don't want to build towards yourself too. You know, if you mess up, you should forgive yourself as well. But, um... You don't want to build up resentment, animosity, in any of those things towards another individual or even towards yourself because that's not a good feeling to sit in. Then you kind of bury it too. You know, if it's for yourself, some some people tend to bury it. It's like under a rock. It's like, you know, I don't have to forgive or do anything. I'll just ignore. Yeah. So I feel you. I feel you. We can't be the only ones. Rice then never is always the only one that wants to come on the couch late. Or not come on the couch. He's begging. Oh, there's the wine. Oh my God. As an old dog, he learned to whine. What does he want to do? I don't know. Does he want to get up? I think he wants a cookie. I don't have any more. I only had the one and I gave it to you. There are no more cookies. See? He wants a cookie. There is no more cookies. Okay, we're done. Come on. 
No. Do you have to move the ottoman so that he can jump? No, he wants a cookie. That's what he wants. And he's, they come in trios, and I only gave him one. Oh, okay, so the dog can count. It's my fault. Count. I trained him to that. The dog can count. He can count. I said that. Yeah, the he can, can count. count. <laughs> he counted one. He said, now, where's my other cookie? Come on. You want to come up here? I can't believe we spend this much time. <laughs> during, I'm not going to edit this out. But well, now today, remember you mentioned how he was sleeping on the couch. I living know. We're supporting his lifestyle. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. We work for Ryston. Golly. All right, anywho, Ryston will interrupt us at some point in time, so forgive him. We forgive you in advance. Um, But this week, I kind of want to go on that self-journey that we're going through. Let's all go through a journey of self. All right, I'm sorry. I got to get him a cookie or he won't stop. All right, let's see. Oh, shut up. Just be quiet. <laughs> shut up's not a nice word. Come here. Little baby. Two. Hi, I'm back. <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> All right, that's your third one. That's it. That's it. Okay, bye. All right. Okay, we should begin. All right, back to the journey of discovering <laughs> ourselves. So I was just thinking in this, with the, the thing that I had to do within the last two weeks is... You know, there was a moment of self-awareness, which I think we talked about during like my last, you know, thing. And this time, you know, it was almost a practice in self-worth. Oh, wow. So I wanted to discuss self-worth, which is a little bit different than self-esteem because self-worth is I mean self-esteem kind of goes up and down and it's almost kind of sometimes based on your ability to do things so you could be good at you know reading and in the beginning the esteem and doing so when you're like five and reading may not be so high but as you begin to get the efficacy of it with it which is the efficiency of it then your self-esteem boosts as you go along. So okay, that's, or or not, or not. So again, it's just high and low. But when I looked at the Merriam Dictionary, when I looked up self-worth, it was saying that self-esteem was the thing, but there it really isn't. Like when you look at it psychologically through those terms. Um, there's a difference. And so, you know, self-worth, thinking one of, okay, so self-esteem based on the World Book Dictionary is thinking well of oneself and self-respect, while self-worth is defined as a favorable estimate of or opinion of oneself and self-esteem. So again, these are still kind of like based on like, 
how you view yourself, but self-worth from what I'm taking that as is basically means that you're worthy simply because you exist. So the worth you put on yourself, whether or not you're doing well, you're doing bad, someone thinks you're bad, someone thinks you're amazing, however it is, your self-worth is basically what you think. So it's not really what, it has nothing to do actually with what other people are feeding you. It can be influenced by that. Some people are influenced by it, but at the end of the day, your self-worth is your assessment of whether or not you feel Okay, I saw like a little video of it and I guess I'll post it. So the guy had a $20 bill. He walks into the classroom and he's like, who wants this $20 bill? And of course, all the kids want the $20 bill. And so he crumbles up the $20 bill. He goes, who wants the $20 bill? They all want the crumble. You know, they want the $20 bill. He puts it on the floor. He steps on it. Who wants the $20 bill? They all want the $20 (laughs) bill. Because the worth has not changed. Okay. It's still a $20 bill. Then you put dog poo on it, it might have changed. You just washed it. <laughs> it's still, but it's still a $20 bill with poo on it. Well, that's- so the denomination of it hasn't changed. So it's interesting, Ryston. So, but again, self-worth is at the core of our very selves. It's our thoughts, it's our feelings and our behaviors that are tied to our worthiness as a person and how we value ourselves as a human being. So again, some people can have high self-worth, some people can have low self-worth, and then, you know, there's everybody else in between. And, you know... The self-worth theory, there is a theory. Oh, is there? There's always a theory. And so the self-worth theory, hold on, posits that the individual's main priority in life is to find self-acceptance. And that self-acceptance is often found through achievement. So as you're finding your self-acceptance, you basically find it through your ability, your effort, your performance, and your self-worth. And again, you have the top three that kind of your ability, performance, and effort kind of tends to be like self-esteem. Like, okay, I'm great at this. I'm great at singing, so I have great self-esteem when it comes to singing. And I think highly of myself in this one portion. But your self-worth, again, isn't necessarily to me about other people or how you compete with other people. It's just you. Well, it's sort of if you go back to that $20 bill, just because you can sing doesn't change your self-worth. Yes. Even if you couldn't sing. You would still have your self-worth. So it's not necessarily based on your ability to do. It's based on your ability to be. And Wouldn't it be also based on your ability to acknowledge what your self-worth is well i think that's awareness no okay to have well because a lot of people don't yeah so we talked about some people i don't care they have lots of money and they can buy expensive clothes and always 
look good, go places, money's never an object, but sometimes you talk to them and they're just so sad. Yes. So that goes based on to a lot of people that it's like that whole, like you're running a race, but you never catch up. You never finish the race. So a lot of people will go ahead and be like, because I, I value what I look like. My self-worth is what I look like. Like breast cancer. When oh, when you women have her, uh-huh. their, their breasts removed, they feel less than. Yes. But you're still a human being. Right. And you're still a woman. Yes. But they do feel less than. And the hair. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are tied to what their hair looks like. Mm-hmm. So when they have cancer treatments, or not just cancer treatments, there's all kind of medication people can be or on even that Alina. will remove their hair. Or even Alina, when she decided to cut her hair off, she knew then that her worth as a person was not tied to her hair and what she looked like. And she is 12. She was 12 at that point in time. So even, again, it's regardless of age, I guess, at this point, if a 12-year-old can get it. But it was just one of those things that her worthiness as a person wasn't tied to what she looked like. But a lot of us do. We say, oh, if I gain, if I lost or gain, depending on where spectrum you are, lost X amount of weight, gain X amount of weight, you know, tone my muscles this type of way, then I would be worthy. And it's like you miss the point that you are worthy at whatever weight you are. And you're worthy as an individual just because just wherever you are and how you look like. And then, like you said earlier, there's the net worth. So because I have money and you put the dollar sign in front of it, with some imaginary numbers, because we all know money is fake. We just agree that money means something. Then your net worth is tied to your dollar amount. But let's say you turn and we say, you know what? Forget the dollar bill. Let's do seashells. Yeah. If you live in Idaho and you had a million dollars in zero seashells, you don't have any worth. Right. That kind of network. Monetary work. Monetary network. Well, and a lot of times I don't think parents realize how detrimental they can be to their children with that. If you're always saying things to them like you're not you're not good at math or you're not smart or, you know, look at your sister with the beautiful long hair. Look at your cousin with the great husband. That's an attorney turning into a judge. Look at that. You know, that sounds personal. <laughs> that was specific, very specific. <laughs> but I mean, you can really damage a person by constantly comparing them to other people. My cousin Lucy was so funny. We were talking about this today, me and my cousin Kathleen, about how cousin Lucy used to say this to all of us. Oh, every everybody in this family is just beautiful. We're all good looking. We're all good looking. So we just always thought we were all good looking. I mean, it didn't matter. Uh-huh. Scars, no scars, bald, doesn't matter. If you're in this family, you're good looking. Uh-huh. And I mean, that was a, such a cool thing as we grew up. It, it, it just, it, it, she gave us our self-worth in that. Uh-huh. That no matter what, you're in the, and you're going to be in this family till you die. 
Yeah. So you're always going to be good looking. There you go. I mean, that's a nice thing for somebody to do. And to remember. Yes. You know, and, and so many times I see people out in the stores with their kids, how they reprimand them is to demean them. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they take away their self-worth. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times, like, parents don't recognize that the voice in your child's head is yours. Yeah. Especially for young kids who, you know, don't know anything from a can of paint and they're just a blank slate. That voice in their head that tells them whether or not they can or do can or not do something, which is again, esteem, but basically whether or not they are worth it as a person, it's, it's, you know, it starts very young. Um, a lot of the times we do it by who, you know, so it's like, Oh, I am worthy because I know the VP of a yada yada, or I know. So you're hobnobbing and somehow some way, because you're in that area of circle, you've elevated your self-worth then it could be what you do what you as your career which again a lot of people just based on the capitalistic society we live in what you do matters one of the first questions that people ask is what do you do for a living and i'm like breathe because like <laughs> that's my full-time all-day 24-hour job <laughs> i breathe i breathe i breathe and i eat and i like just rest like what do you mean what do i do for a living as if you being a janitor makes you less than a ceo or you being such and such person makes you less than and then there's also again what you achieve you know i know i've come across many phds that aren't bright and i've come across people who have you know dropped out of high school who are absolutely brilliant. So again, you know, you have this whole spectrum that externally as a society, we say to everyone explicitly or inexplicitly, Hey, if you have these things, you are worthy. And again, I think we said this last week for women to a man, if you have a man, you are worthy. If you have a child, you are worthy. And these are like the things that are like externally fed to us that we measure that by. But at the same time, it doesn't matter if you have a child, you're still a human being and should be treated as such. It doesn't matter if you have a dollar in your pocket you are still a human being worth being respected and treating treated with respect. And I think a lot of the time, all of these external pressures reduce us into like, it just psychs our mind and it tells us, Hey, you're not worth it. What are you talking about? You can't demand this. You can't demand respect. How dare you? And it's like, no, you being born, was your entrance that was your payment for worth that's it but i think that the people who don't feel their worth or know what their worth is it starts early on 
Yeah. I, I don't, because I, I, I would like to believe that if you were raised where, um, for instance, um, a friend of mine, he's passed a long time ago, um, but his mother used to always, his name was not Handsome, but used to always call him Handsome. Mm-hmm. Before he would leave for school, she would look at him and say, oh, look how handsome you are. Look at you. You're just so handsome. On his way to bed, you know, you're just a handsome boy and you just were so handsome all day. Yeah. And, and no matter what he looked like, he always had a swagger. <laughs> yeah, he had the Yeah. <laughs> he always had a swagger and he spoke with confidence and he had, he was, um, I forget what he had, he died of. I want to say sickle cell. And even when he was sick, sometimes it was hard to recognize if he was sick because he never carried himself like he never gave in to it. He always had a swagger, a, a work, you know, you just always, whenever you spoke of him, you'd always speak of him in confident terms because that's how he carried himself regardless. Yeah. And, and I, we used to wonder what the, why he's so like that. And then one day I heard his sister telling us how their mom used to in the morning, I don't care what you rolled into the kitchen looking like, oh, there's that beautiful girl. Come give mom a kiss, pretty girl. You know, and the same thing with the boys. You were always handsome. Yeah. Always smart. Always, there's nothing you can't do. Yeah. And I, she said, and we used to tickle them as they grew up because they would model it with their children. Mm-hmm. And like they, uh, she has twins. And she said, and the other twin will say, he's not as pretty as me. <laughs> You're identical twins. Of course he is. But she said, it just kind of cracked them up when they thought about it later. Like they would, they're sick as a dog with the flu or something. Here's my pretty girl. Take your medicine. You, you know, your beauty never faded <laughs> no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And I think, again, society does a really good job at chipping that away. So if you don't have the parent there to do it, yes. I do still think you can gain it, but you, you're still kind of like an uphill thing because now you it's have social media. Now you have social media. You've now you have Facebook and all of those places comparing, comparing, yes. contrasting. And you're not comparing. And I have this whole thing where I, I tell people all the time, like, you can't compete where you don't compare. This is just how I live my life. You, If you're competing with me, you've already lost because the gun will never go off and I'll never show at the race. I will never show at the race to compete against you because I don't compete against other people. None of us do. A lot of us do. Well, I mean, in a sense of... When people want to say, oh, you live better than I do, and they're trying to outlive you. I mean, in the sense of, oh, that's a nice house. Let me see if I can get a house in that neighborhood. This never occurred to you. Yeah. Well, oh, they're getting a house in my neighborhood. I'm going to need to get a bigger house. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who do that, but some people are competing against someone who has no clue. They're, they're just they're they not don't... in it with them. They're, no, like, they're like living their life. You know, uh, and that's like, do you ever have friends through the years who, oh, see, I'm about to do this. Don't tell on nobody. No, about to tell on myself. Okay. But, um, because <laughs> I do this with you. 
<laughs> okay. I already do it. Um, but you know, like they'll buy something. You say, oh, that's nice. Let me buy that. I, I, and I don't do it in a competition. It's like I hadn't thought of it. Oh, I like that. Let me get me one. <laughs> but I'm not competing in that. But there are people who do, like if you were to dye your hair, they dye their hair. Mm-hmm. You cut your hair, they cut their hair. Mm-hmm. And it may take you a while to realize, wait a minute. You know what? Last week I was wearing a blouse like that. Now she wearing one. Huh. I mean, yeah. it's flattering. To, to some degree. Yeah, it's flattering. But then it's because they're, maybe they're struggling trying to find who they are. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter whether or not you're struggling. You are still worthy. Even when you're sad, you still are that $20 bill. Even when you're washed in the, the dryer, you know, and somebody irons you, you are still a $20 bill. But I don't know that some people recognize that. I think they struggle with that because not only what people say, it's what you tell yourself too. Yeah, that self-talk matters. It does. And, but again, as you said, you know, going back to parents or people who have children in their lives, such as teachers, mentors, volunteers, however you may have children in your life, you want to be able to provide that unconditional support for a child. Because I think, again, that's really where it matters that, you know, you hear that little voice that tells you you can't do it. And maybe your mom isn't that source, your mom or your dad isn't that person, but you never know who can make a difference in a child's life to say, hey, it doesn't matter if you grew up here. Doesn't matter if your mom has these issues or your dad has these issues or you're poor. You are worthy. And that's like growing up. I never thought of us. I never thought that I was poor. And sometimes I look back and wonder if I was as poor as now I think I am because I, I, I remember some things we used to do and we always had. And I, I think that my parents and my grandma and them just sacrificed so we could have those uh-huh. things. But they, you know, we never, and I was talking about this with my cousin too, we never thought about it that we didn't have certain clothes to wear you know, or, or we didn't drive in like the nicer cars all the time. It just never occurred to us. And it, we grew up with not a sense, we have a sense of worth, but we grew up with money doesn't impress us. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody rich comes along and says, oh, I can do this for you, that for you. Mm, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, it's not you're not going to buy me with that. Yeah. You're not going to roll up and I might say, yes, give me the keys to the car. Love the car. Uh, now we're, you know, together. Uh, no, I just thought I was getting a car. I wasn't expecting you to come with the car. Like, give it a loop. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't put you on the market where I have seen some women, men, too. Mm-hmm. that people literally bought them. And on top of it, I think sometimes it's different. Like, I think people associate 
who you're attached to. So if you have a beautiful woman on your arm, yeah, then that true. makes you more of a worthy man. Because again, look what I have versus look at who I am. Like you're, you're making that person a reflection of who you are. And that person is just a person. Who you are has no bearings on that person because what happens if that person leaves you? Oh, then you're... Then does your self-worth go down? And it shouldn't go down because you're still worthy. You're still that $20 bill. But see, if you don't know that, if you're not looking at it as your worth, but you're looking at it through the lens of self-esteem, you're not going to recognize that. Which is why we're having the conversation. Yeah, you're going to look through your, the lens of self-esteem and say, oh, my beautiful woman left me, so I'm nothing. Or I no longer work at the, the I'm not the VP of the company anymore. Mm-hmm. So what is my worth? Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, like you said earlier, it's that voice that is in our head. Whatever that voice is, I mean, my voice sounds like me. It doesn't sound like anybody else, you know, but I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I was telling somebody today, I was like, you know, I can get up in the morning and when I look in the mirror and my hair is not done and my face is not washed, the first thing I tell myself is, oh my God, you're so pretty. That is the first thing that comes to my head when I look in the mirror. I don't think, oh my God, this and that and that. And I looked, I'm not saying I look toe up, but again. (laughs) I'm not touching that. I'm not saying I look toe up, but again, my eyes are barely open and I'm just like, oh my God, Berlin, you're so pretty. And it's just that little voice. But at the same time, I think there has been moments in my life where I've accepted things because I didn't feel like I was worthy. Like I didn't feel like I deserved better. So because you don't feel like you deserve better, you can't demand better. But was that worth or self-esteem? No, that was, so go ahead. But was that a case of where you were ranking your self-esteem in the place of your worth? No, that was worth. It was like, this is what I am. So this is what I get. Well, I think a lot of people have that, that they don't, they don't deserve to be happy. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is what I can talk. This is what I get. And so because this is what I get, I can't sit there and tell you that I need more than what you're giving because I'm not even giving myself more than what I'm asking you to do. And I think that's kind of where the self-worth happens is because it's not necessarily like there's an awareness in it where you kind of are like wait b did you really just say that to yourself did you just really let that slide with you like you know what i mean like you say you want to do these things but you're not doing it and so it's different when you're able to especially me now look at the lizard especially me now it's right there on the screen no, it's not too big. Oh, okay. uh, I, I just wanna, happened to see it. I don't want to see it. I'm good. <laughs> but it's 
and like squirrel but it's not but it's it was one of those things that when you don't have boundaries with yourself and i don't mean boundaries aren't like necessarily what you can't do sometimes it's what you can do but when you don't have that with well how do you have a boundary on you of what you can do then you can't do it no i think when you just say you can't like sometimes the boundaries is that you can't do something and, and then you, you let can. go, of, but you can. Okay. You put a boundary where you shouldn't have one. Yes. So okay. you're like, I can't have this here. So this is all I know. This is all I can have. So no, you can't go past that point of having more. So that's how women live in abusive relationships because they're not worthy. I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's a multitude of things. I think for me... I will say that I have been in one emotionally abusive relationship and now I just check everything. Like if I don't like it, I check it because again, you teach people how to treat you. And I think a lot of the times we just are like, Oh, you let it slide. Like, Oh, this person is just doing them. And this person is just whatever. And you make all these little excuses when in fact, when it doesn't feel right. And then eventually it gets to the point where, Oh, there was a crumb on the floor. That's why. Oh, oh need that whole what cookie. he was eating. <laughs> yeah, no, there was like a crumb from his cookie. Okay, anywho. <laughs> but I. <laughs> that Ryston. <laughs> Again, this is a Ryston show. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that you just are kind of like, you let it slide. And by the time you realize, when I realized that, hey, you don't get to speak to me like that, that person was pissed. Because then you set a boundary, like, and then they get so used to treating you that way because you've allowed it because you're like, Hey, well, you know, that's like this week at the, um, dealership, Hollywood Kia service manager, Fernando literally spoke to me in such a way he said to me. I mean, he didn't even try to find out what my problem was. I walked right in and he came at me. And I think he's used to doing that to people to push him back and sit him down. Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants to be, most people don't want to be confrontational, particularly with a stranger who is bigger than them. And then he said to me, you, you don't comprehend what I, I know you can't comprehend what I'm saying. And I was like, I have an IQ in the triple digits. Which one of those words you think I couldn't string together into a sentence to understand? What? Who talks to people like that? Someone who's used to talking to people like that and getting them to do or respond in the manner he wants, if it's no more than to leave. Or shut up. Right, just sit there and take it. So he was used to that, and he did not know what to do. And I'm like, mm, no, boo. Yeah. I'm and, the wrong one. And I, I think that's what it is. When you do have self-worth, you're able to advocate for yourself. Which, again, as a woman, I cannot speak for men, never been one. But as a woman, you're not taught to advocate for yourself. No, you're taught to sit there and go get, bring somebody. Go home and get the husband. Go yes. home and get the big brother. Go go get someone because you can't speak. Yes. 
And because if I speak, they're not going to pay any attention to me because I'm just a woman. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think when you do have self-worth, you can say, wait, hold up. I wouldn't treat me this way. Right. I would not take this from me. So I'm not going to take it from you. And I think that's what happens when you build self-worth. It's like, wait, it doesn't matter if I lose you. It doesn't matter if I keep you. I am still Berlin. And you know, the service manager, no matter, he wasn't treating me in that manner because he had more self-worth than I did. He probably didn't have as much self-worth because he didn't know how to handle the situation in a way where we actually are communicating back and forth to come to a mutual, you know, resolution. And that's what I was thinking too. Part of the point is that I do agree with you is that I think sometimes when people, when you deal with people, when there's a self, like a mismatch, because there's always going to be a mismatch somehow, some way that by presenting yourself, with worthiness they already know like no you can't always treat people this way and maybe that allows them to up their ante up or they'll come at you faster furious to try to stop you yeah because they don't know how to handle it because they're they're not used to that they're used to people giving in to them mm-hmm. and that's like what a, a man or even a woman who's abusive either one of them they will, if, if you can't be abused and managed and put in the box, they're out. Yeah. What am I going to do with you? They can't, they can't do, well, I can't do anything with this. Yeah. And I think they struggle with, this makes their self-worth that I can control someone. Mm-hmm. Or I can get someone to do what I want them to do. And I've exerted almost no energy. Yes. So it's- that makes me king or queen of the hill. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's not really showing your self-worth. No. You're being a bully. Right. That's not the same. A bully and a self-worth don't live in the same house. I think if you're a person with self-worth, I think we're all mirrors. So when you practice self-worth and you believe you have self-worth, what? why would you put someone down? You wouldn't want to put somebody down. You wouldn't want to hurt somebody because what does that benefit you as a person who is worthy? You're not going to do it to yourself. Yeah. Well, now what about the person who will say to you, oh, I really love that blouse or you look fabulous and, and there's a silence. They're waiting for you to compliment them. Is they are they really having struggling with their self worth as well? Well, they would know that answer. And they just are trying to get you to compliment them. They would know that answer. Okay. I mean, that person would know that answer. I wouldn't know. But I mean, is that like a, a is that behavior of someone? Who's You're fishing for compliments. But again, your self worth isn't determined by anybody else, anyways. But if you think it is. You're going to fish for compliments. You're going to want people to say things nice to you so you can feel good for that moment. Yeah. And that's the thing. 
again, that I just, I would like to reiterate is that your self-worth is, is not, it's not a denomination that anybody else can put on you. And that's why you don't like commercials too. Well, I don't like to be sold things passively, but then I also don't like to be told who to be. And, and that's why that's I don't like commercials kind of do that. You know, if you drive this car, you'll be strong, you'll be brilliant, you're gorgeous, you're this, you're that, everyone's watching you, you're the star of the street because yes. you have this ride. Yes. So they're telling you this is what gives you self-worth. Or this makes you worthy. Right. And without it, you're not. And kids grow up with that thinking and they don't have it or they can't get it. So they, you know, do other things to be able to obtain it. But self-worth, your value can't be purchased. No. It's already been bought. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I do agree with that. And again, you know, it can show up in your relationship. Like if you feel like, and I think again, back to, I can't say for men, not a man. If you're a man and you have a differing opinion about where men get their self-worth in relationships, feel free to answer. But, you know, as a woman or when you're in a relationship, if we were to just do this broadly, a lot of the time people get their self-worth on whether or not you can attract someone or not, yeah. whether or not you're desirable whether and again that does not determine your worth whether or not you're married single divorced widow you're still you and that's the thing that people tend to forget you lose yourself and everything else around you and you forget that you are supposed to be here well, see, I think if you just put it like that, that you are still here, I don't know if some people can tie that to their self-worth. Because if they don't see themselves as worthy, just saying that you're supposed to be here. Well, am I supposed to be here in this abusive relationship? Well, no, I'm not saying in the, I mean, but you are here and you are worth so much more i even think even where i am right now you know in the the conversation that i had with the individual i had to assert my self-worth or at least make it clear that this is where i am this is what i want i want nothing less than what i'm asking for and that's it that's just it so again, even with that, five years later, I'll probably want more, if not the same. But I think a lot of the time we settle and we're like, oh, this is what it is. This person talks to me any kind of way, but that doesn't mean I'll be able to find somebody better because who am I? So how do people, how did you get to that point? What? of your vet knowing your value oh because i talk to myself nice all the time i mean one of the things that i do is that i i, I have i mean i've always kind of had a high self-esteem i'm not like a poor performer in the things that i perform at so that does boost because i have a certain level of 
efficacy, which I do kind of think goes a little hand in hand sometimes. But if I was just, but even when I was performing well in certain relationships, I wasn't necessarily thinking to myself, hey, or even to myself that you are worthy of these things. And so just by actually silencing that inner critic that says to me that you, hey, who tells you you can do this? And who tells you you can have that? That bitch can shut the fuck up because (laughs) that bitch is wrong. She's wrong. I am worthy of everything good that is supposed to come my way. And even in the lows, you know, like I was saying earlier, you have new, I was, there was something about Confucius and he said, nobility is gained through behavior. So it's not, it doesn't matter where you're born. It doesn't matter, you know, if you, you came from a high ranking family, it doesn't matter if you're a farmer, your nobility is gained through your behaviors. Okay. And I also think it's gained through your thoughts. So how you speak to yourself matters. How you are towards yourself matters. Are you a kind person to yourself? Are you able to forgive yourself? Are you able to recognize that what you have right now or who you are isn't who you always had to be? And just kind of be authentic. You know, the whole vulnerability thing has changed Yes, thank you, therapy. It works. But, you know, the whole vulnerability thing as an update allows me to show up in a more authentic way. Even if it's hurtful, even if it's painful, I don't have to slide over that and be like, I need to be tough to be respected. Sometimes you can be hurt and still be respected. It doesn't matter. None of it changes on who I am. It just doesn't. I just feel like if you're going to approach me, you need to approach me the right way because when I approach me, I approach me the right way. And I guess we're, I'm, I'm thinking of the person who doesn't have any, any tools per se. Well, there are tools that you can use. So they do have like a self-worth scale that I can put. And um, it's also known as the Contingency of Self-Worth Scale that was developed by Crocker, Luthanen, and Cooper and Bouvier in 2003. And I did it. It's a um, 35-item thing. So it basically, you would answer the questions on a scale of 1 to 7. And it tells you where you stand with your approval for others where you stand regarding your physical appearance. Now, and how many questions? 35. Oh, okay. It's not too bad. That's a lot. It's not. <laughs> it's not. So the seven domains are like your approvals of others. So whether or not you care what other people have a, a negative opinion of yourself, I'm going to tell y'all right now, the answer is clear. I don't care. You don't like me. That's your business. You don't pay my bills. Number two is about physical experience and whether or not, so it would be like my self-esteem is influenced by how attractive I think my face or facial features are. So that all depends on however you land on that, whether or not your physical appearance has something to do with your self-worth. So if you feel 
I think one of the questions was like, if you feel, uh, if you don't feel beautiful or attractive that day, does yourself, how you, how do you feel? Does it make you feel bad? And you would agree or disagree. The next one is outdoing others in competition. And that would be like whether or not your self-worth is affected by how well you do when I'm competing with others. Again, I ain't competing with nobody. So chances are, I don't care. But now, but somebody who feels like maybe they are, I think one of the first things that they have to do is to recognize that we all have a value. Yeah. And some people don't recognize that. No. And that's the very basic thing you have to do is that you're a valuable person. You know, God would not have put you on earth if you did not have some value. So the fact that you're here already acknowledges that you are worthy. I remember I used to do, I think I've said this on this podcast, but I used to um, do some volunteer work with soft skills with um, teenagers in Miami Gardens. Yeah, that was in Miami Gardens. I did one in Little Haiti as well. And one of the first things I would tell the children is that you are one in 400 trillion, which means you're supposed to be here, which means you already hit the lottery, which means that you are worthy. That's it. But I think people need to, to know that, need to hear that, and need to tell themselves that. that that's your first step. Don't put a, a vat, don't put a dollar sign on it. You, because you are here, you've been placed here, you have a value, you have a worth. And then the other part of that is don't allow another person to tell you you don't have value. Yeah, your self-worth is it's never going to be defined by what others think of you. Because if you, I tell Alina that all the time. I'm like, look, sis, if you let other people tell you who you are you're already fucking up because they will be able to will you one way or the other as to who you are you can discover who you are the only person that can tell you who you are and what you're worth is you nobody else if there is someone in your life who is telling you that you ain't ish they're lying to you. It's, it's, it's just a lie. If there's somebody in your life that tells you, you can't do this without me. They're trying to control you, A, and they're a lie. So there are lies that come along the way that tell you that you are not worthy. And all of it is a lie. And I, I, get, I just want them to know that, that start, start out with that. Start there. Know that because you're here, you are value. No one can tell you that you're not a value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because you can't play the piano as well as someone else or you don't make as much money or right now you're unemployed because of the what's been going on in the world. None of that or you're not doing that same big time job. Maybe you can't buy the same clothes, drive the same big car travel like you you know sometimes people it's traveling that puts the star on their life 
and you can't do that right now, you haven't lost the value of who you are. No. In fact, this might be a really good time to even bask in the value of who you are. And I think a lot of the times, like you, like you said, basking in who you are, a lot of times people don't sit down and try to understand themselves. The hardest person to understand is yourself mm-hmm. at all times. Because again, you, it was funny. Alina was like, she was being funny today. And she goes, you know, like, and I think we've said this on the podcast. She goes, you know, mom, we live at the same house. And I was like, and you lived in my home. And she's like, what do you mean you lived in my home? I said, you lived in my body when I was pregnant, when you were pregnant. And I was pregnant with you. And she's like, oh my God, mom, you always make things so complicated. But at the same time, hey, it is true, but we are our homes. And we have to be able to tend to our homes. And technically, your brain is your most valuable, most valuable equipment you got yeah it tells your the rest of your body what it is that it needs to do and i think we don't spend enough time we can work on our physical we can you know do all of this extra stuff but then we don't spend the time getting to know who we are if you're not spending the time getting to know who you are then how how can you even position yourself to say to someone, hey, this is my worth. You don't even know where to begin. And and so, and then that's the other thing. Spend time not putting, again, a do- there's no such thing as a dollar sign on it. Mm-hmm. But know your worth, know what is the value of you so that when someone else comes along to devalue you, you've already, you're prepared. Yep. Not prepared to do warfare because sometimes it's not about warfare. Sometimes it's about walking away. Yeah. And saying, you know, okay. No, I thank won't you. accept this. No, and, I and won't just, take just go this. because that's, you're not accepting. That's like going for a job. Do you go for a job? You know, you saw on the paper, they say they're paying, I'm just saying, $20 an hour. You go in for the interview. They say, oh, we'd like to hire you. And you just go with, okay, they're going to be paying $20. And they say, but you, we're going to give you $15. you are going to be like, what? But it said $20. Well, we only see you as being able to do it for $15. Well, you wouldn't take that. You'd go, well, the job said $20. Okay, I, I got to go. I'm not taking that. But people say that to us all the time in various ways. I was, I think you and I spoke about this earlier and I was like this week and I'm like, you know, don't offer me crumbs and tell me this is filet mignon. Mm-hmm. Do not sit at my table and offer me crumbs when I've told you explicitly what I wanted and who I am. Don't you dare offer me crumbs and think that I'll settle and negotiate. You don't negotiate down with your self-worth. You negotiate up. And, and people and women in particular, and there are men as well. I think men is a different set of circumstances with men, mm-hmm. but with women, it's all the time. It's like, 
don't don't accept it we accept it because we think we're being nice and 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 generous and or you can't and, and find someone and we, else we keep hope alive like it's going to come they're going to change or this will be different you know i'll adjust it and it'll be different don't because it's not going to be the more you adjust the worse it gets and you and taught you them lose value and you taught them how to treat you well and even just for yourself you lose value mm -hmm. you'll start treating yourself lesser than you did then yep and and it's, it's it, and it's hard to regain that traction to go back up that hill because it's hard to get there unless you're one of those wonder kids hopefully alina wonder kids that again has a parent or parents and people in their lives that tells them, no, 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 no. And that is my whole thing with Alina. When I say to y'all, she is going to be a force to be reckoned with, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Because, again, we don't play these reindeer games in this house. We don't. I've learned so much in regards to building myself up to where I am right now that I'd be a fool not to impart that on her. So again, it, if you can teach your child early, go ahead and do so. If you need to work on yourself, work on yourself. But it is never too late to say, you know what, this is what I'm worth. And even if you have to fake it till you make it, what's the worst that's going to happen if you say to yourself, hey, I'm worth all the good things and I will not accept less. I'd, I'd rather fake that till I make it. <laughs> then accept less then accept less and and i think that's what people need to work at develop and go with mm -hmm. you know and just think of most things as not the value so much that you're going to bring but you should always have that in your mind too what value are you bringing into things mm -hmm. but what value are you receiving and does it match your your self-worth yeah what are you taking what do you take i'm telling you the first time i quit that job i was like oh no nope 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 this i don't care how much raise you want to give me I don't care what she got to offer me. This ain't it. I won't do it. I know what I'm worth. It's not worth a dollar amount and I'm leaving. Yeah. And I think, again, you have to assert. And the thing is, it's not an easy thing to do. When I say this, it is not an easy thing to do. It's not. But the more you practice it, just as everything else, the better you get at it. So it's worth to me, for you, for everyone to sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to position myself at a place where I know I am worthy. And then you end up treating other people as if they are worthy too, because there's a sense of empathy that goes along with it where you're like, oh, you want to talk to me like this. If you felt X, Y, and Z about yourself, you won't come at me like this. And like the, the service manager, if, if he felt better about himself, he wouldn't have dared to speak to another person like that because he doesn't wish, wish to be spoken to in that manner. Yeah. 
Yeah. And again, I think a lot of the times people don't extend themselves compassion, grace, forgiveness, and tolerance. We just, what are we doing? I don't know. I'm all twisted up. But we don't, you know, we don't extend ourselves the things that we want from others. So you want kindness, you want love, you want grace, you want forgiveness. You want all the good things, but can't give it to yourself. And I think that matters too. If you're, if you're hard on yourself and you can't forgive yourself for like leaving the light on, you know, during the day. And you're like beating yourself with a cat o nine. Oh, what are you going to do? How? So it needs to work that way. And um, again, a lot of your ways that you can recognize that you don't need you got you don't you no longer need to please anybody. Your place in life is not to please other people. Believe it or not, it isn't. It isn't your station in life. Um, No matter what people say or do, and regardless of what happens outside of you, you alone control how you feel about yourself, which I think I've said this for a long time, which is A, control your controllables, which is always you. Um, You have the power to respond to events and circumstances based on your internal resources, sources, resources, and resources, resourcefulness, which are reflections of your true value. So again, I practice loving kindness all the time to me. All the time. I'm like, okay, B, you know what? You need loving kindness, you get it. You need forgiveness, you get it. And it just makes it easier for me to put that out there because I'm practicing it with myself. Um, I take care of myself. You know, there are certain things in my life that I make sure that are there at all times that I'm not searching for it. And again, just remember that your value comes from inside of you, from like an, an internal measurement that you set for yourself. So again, the competition is never outside of yourself and someone telling you, oh, I'm gonna devalue today. You're worth $5. Bitch, get out of my face. like. You know, like, and I think that's part of what it is. And another portion of it is, it's hard to be worthy when you're not taking responsibility and accountability. That is so true. So somehow, some way, you know, if you're not taking responsibility for the things that happen to you, but you don't have to give away your power. You might not be in control of the person who sticks a lily finger at you while you're driving, but you're in control of how you respond to that and how much power you give away to that individual or to that person. And then also, I think a lot of the times we don't think we have the ability to change and we do. We always have the ability to be better. We have the ability to do more. We have the ability to ask for more. And we have the ability to demand more from ourselves and from other people. And a a lot of what you say that you practice are core Christian values too. 
the love, compassion, respect, you know, and it, it is so funny. You, you think about others, but you also, you are a part of the others. When it says love thy neighbor, you're part of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. If you can't love yourself, it's hard to love others. Mm-hmm. You know, put your oxygen mask on first before you go out there to help others. And have compassion, have respect, practice that respect on yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't respect others if you're not respecting yourself. No. You can't love others unless you love yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, these are basic kind of principles that are taught in various ways in different mannerisms and sometimes we've missed that lesson or we've misinterpreted where it's to be given out but not to be given in but there's not a lesson in any type way that of goodness compassion love none of that all of that is supposed to come from within and if you don't put it in there it can't come from within there no so if I'm not loving me, I can't love you. No. If I don't respect me, I can't respect you. No. If I can't see my value of my human beingness, I can't see yours. Nope. So it's it's a basic and I think that's what we miss too. Mm-hmm. We're so busy giving it out because, you know, we want to be the star of this or the star of this or be seen as the I, oh, she's such a kind person, but then you beat yourself up. Yeah. So you're not really that kind. No. I mean, the, the, the one person, the one thing that you have to take care of truly is your home. And your home is you. Is you. So if your shit's raggedy on the inside, even if you try to fake it till you make it with other people, you're imploding. Eventually it will. You're imploding. Take it from one who's imploded. <laughs> so I was listening to a, um, for a bit of research, I'll put this as well. Um, it was a TED Talk by DePaul University by Adia Gooden. And she had a thing about cultivating a just unconditional self-worth. And she had three questions for the audience regarding her self-worth. And she gives her story, you know, about how, you know, you live your life and you, you think it's in your grades. You think it's in your job. You think it's in your relationship, as we mentioned earlier. And it's never, ever in any of those things because no. those things come and go. You are always the constant in your own life. And so, you know, three of the questions that she had was number one, what would you find the courage to do if you knew you were worthy? Number two, what would you dare to dream if your self-worth wasn't at stake? stake? And number three, what would you stop doing if you knew you were already worthy? And that's something that I think we all can take away, pause, answer, and, you know, see how, again, and these questions are what you can be. 
Right. Not really necessarily where you are. And I think part of it is that, again, it is scary to kind of change who you are and to let go of some of your old self, but it's worth it. And I think what I've learned back to vulnerability is that you don't have to be strong all the time. You don't have to be anything all the time. You just have to be you. And I think that for me, that has been my great, like this is the most authentic I have felt in all of my years. And I think it's been a work in progress towards it, but the whole vulnerability thing has been able to kind of shake it up. And again, it's gonna be different for other people. There are people who are more vulnerable, who just need to be stronger. However it is, it works for you in the combination that it needs to. But at least for me, the vulnerability piece was it. Because it wasn't necessarily me telling you about yourself. It was about me telling you how I feel. And it's interesting, you should say, be who you are. Um, I have a group of friends. It's like a little international group in a way. Um, well, we are international. We're all over the, almost all over the seven continents except for mm-hmm. one. And we're recruiting people to join us. And I said, well, you know, what should I say? How should I say it? And the girl who's the, um, the senior lead, she's like, Gail, just be who you are. She said, we can get a couple more Gales. We're good. <laughs> just be who you are. And basically that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Just be who you are. Mm-hmm. Be the best. And, and that's, that's the version best you can do. The, yeah. Because if you're trying to be anything else, it's not going to pan out. No. So just just be who you are. And if you're trying to live up to expectations or trying to put it out on, it's it's never you're ne- it's going to always move. That that finish line will always seem so further away. And I think it takes us from actually being in the moment, and it takes us from being aware. And it takes us from, you know, figuring out, hey, this might be something that I can do better. But even if you're going to do something better or worse or try or fail, your worth is constant. Right. And just know, know that no one, nobody has a dollar sign attached to their forehead. No, you are. What's the word that I'm looking for when you're. Now English is spelling me. My brain is that night. Um, what's the word? You basically don't have a value. You're priceless. Yeah. Every single one of us is a priceless human being. You can't put a dollar on us. We cannot be bought. We cannot be sold. And if you are buying and selling, there you're undercutting yourself. Yes. Do and not no negotiate how that. And, and I know there are terrible things out there that happen to women and children and men too. Um, try to hang on to the fact that your value mm-hmm. will always be worthy. Yeah. You're always, always, always worthy to be here, to live, to be loved, 
and also to be loved by yourself. And I think that's the greatest. Whitney Houston had a song. The greatest love of all is in you. And, yeah. and I think we just need to remember that, like, whoever, however, whatever, what job, it's always in you. And don't let anybody talk you out of that, friends, family, even some religious organizations out there will try to trend on your worth, that your worth is this and not that. And that's how sometimes we get caught up into things we shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. When, when it doesn't feel right, go. Mm-hmm. And all things. I don't care who else is there. They stay and you go. Mm-hmm. So good talk, B. You're welcome. Good talk. And and it's we're at a time where it's probably more of value to know that than, than ever before because people have been home. Oh, yeah. And they're struggling. Yeah. And they might not, they may have lost some material things that they saw made their value in themselves or you know you can't be around your friends can't there's a lot of different components in it but it's just like at the end of the day like you're worthy you are so worthy and we're so glad you take the moment to listen to us i know but now it's self-help self-care Self-care, and it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I was ready for this. I see. Woo! Okay, this is a great thing that I've been doing. And it is so cool. It can be for the older in my age group or in B's age group or anybody. Let's say you just are not an exercise person. You haven't been mm-hmm. out there exercising. You got that extra 25, 35, 45, 55, whatever those extra pounds are you got being shackled at home. Guess mm-hmm. what? So funny. And even if you don't have a pool in your backyard, which I do not, kind of, but it's not my pool. You know, somebody you know may have a pool. The Y got a pool. You can do water aerobics. Oh, nice. It is the coolest thing. And what I have really found water aerobics has done for me is balance. Mm. As you get older, you tend to lose your balance. And I don't know if it has to do with the hearing thing. I don't know what it has to do with, or just being unsure sometimes when you're walking, you feel like a teeter-tottered little little, little doll things. But I have found it has really helped my balance. Cool. So, I, I, you know, and I know I, I sometimes, you know, people are like, where am I going to get a pool? Well, there is a pool at the Y. Hopefully the Y is open. There you go. There's there's pools at the gyms, you know, but find a pool. And they they're very inexpensive. The the, the weights that go with, you know, using the water aerobics. And if you go to the Y, um, they have the equipment already. You oh, don't okay. have to buy it. Um, but it is the coolest thing. And I really like and I, I do like fifteen minutes is my um, time I do and then if I go past the 15 minutes that's fine mm-hmm. but I don't come I make sure I do at least 15 minutes cool 
And I have found, and I've only been doing it like a week now, but I found that it has improved my balance a great deal. I've just noticed little things. It's so cool. So if you can do that, and if you can't do water aerobics for whatever reason, yoga is your next bet. Mm-hmm. That will help you get your balance and your center again as well. Cool. So yes, I love it. It doesn't hurt my knees. It doesn't hurt my back. Yeah, the buoyancy of the water. Yes, I love it. Oh. I couldn't wait to tell. I I didn't <laughs> notice. Not at all. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> all I right. still have the pandemic 25, though. That's still with me. Oh. <laughs> it's only even, been a week. <laughs> I won't even say mine. Oh, please. What? <laughs> Raw. It, it probably just added to your beauty. <laughs> You're just a little more voluptuous. That's I all. didn't gain any weight. I lost two pounds. Oh, shut up. <laughs> we all hate her now. <laughs> it doesn't change our worth because I have 25 extra pounds. It doesn't. I'm still of value. There, see? See that inner little voice? Yeah, there I'm you go. I'm still of value. So there you go. That, so, yeah, that's good. As always, as we like to go off, thank you all for listening. I hope, I mean, I think we're almost at our year's mark going into July. So we've been doing this for a while and we've been quite consistent during the pandemic. So first of all, thank you, Gail, for being my co-host. And thank you. And thank you for showing up most weeks. I'm talking about me because sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's me that I'm like, I got something to do. Uh, I know she's trying to get a life. Kind of. I don't have one. My life is different though. Kind of. I'm kind of getting a life. Um, But what was I going to say? Yes. Thank you all for taking this journey. I mean, I think we've changed a lot within this whole time that we've been doing this. And. You know, it's been such a pleasure sharing moments um, with you all, changes, heartbreaks, mm-hmm. everything. And um, truly appreciate it. Um, please like, subscribe, share, all of that jazz um, with friends, family, loved ones. And as always, be safe. Be well. Be easy, mine easy. And be blessed. Bye. Bye.